if you want to hear some tools day, you got to get with the trends. Make it last forever, wish tools day never ends. If you want to listen to tools day, we might get combative. Choosing tools isn't easy, but that's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I even heard that song for like 10 years. It's been yes, like, it's been a, a decade. Girls. I googled most recognizable songs and that was the first one on the list. Uh, I think that list you found was. I think this is gonna be our song. List. This could be the one. What's what does mean? What do you mean our song? You know, like if we wanted to keep a song and like you know not do the new song every time. Oh my god! Thing. This one. Yes. I mean, it was great. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tools Day, a podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks on Tuesdays at two. I'm your co-host Yuna, and I'm Chris. And today we're talking about static, static site, site generators. generators. So, what is a static site generator then? A static site generator is essentially an engine or environment that allows for you to use some of the niceties of more complex systems, but just generate your pages down to static HTML, CSS, JavaScript. So what this means is you could have includes, you can use variables, templating systems, um, importing things. It allows for a lot of those more complex interactions without the need to install a database and sync up your database and work with that sort of environment. Um, that made no sense. <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense, actually. So like, a lot of this is in response to the big WordPress and CMS and Drupal and Joomla and whatever else boom that happened like six or seven years ago where everyone was like, hey, wait, uh, we can't just use flat HTML files anymore. We need to store all this content somewhere. We need to use all this stuff. Uh, so then, now we need a MySQL database, now we need so some PHP shenanigans, and then eventually people are like, wait, we just want a simple site with this shared header, shared footer, yeah. shared stuff. Especially as design um, systems have become more and more common, you need those things, you're not copying and pasting code every single time. Right. Um, it just provides a lot of those niceties, as well as the ability to parse markdown and right. transform your code in ways that you can define. And a lot of them were like written in Ruby, for instance. So right. you could use different gems, and um, this was, I guess, early plugin system. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, so that was a big part of the popularization of static site generators, and Jekyll had a lot to do with that. Um, I think it's still by far the most popular one that I know of, and I think a big reason for that is because of GH Pages, which uses Jekyll. Right. It's very closely tied. So by default, if you spin up a GH Pages on GitHub, um, you're using the Jekyll's, Jekyll's engine to drive all the content from the from your org or repo or whatever, right? Is that how yeah. it works? Yeah. So so keep in mind, Jekyll is Ruby based. Right. It's Ruby environments. Um, it's a little different than today, where I'm using mostly Node and JavaScript based static site generators. Right. Um, we'll kind of talk about what we use later on the show. But I do want to introduce the site called staticsitegenerators.net. And this is like the one piece of research that I did <laughs> before, um, before the show. It's a really cool site. I had no idea, but there are 412 uh, static site generators out there. On GitHub? Uh, yeah, they, these all have repositories. So on GitHub alone, there are 400 and something. Not to count, you know, Bitbucket or whatever else. Wait, I take it back. There's oh. about 30 that don't have repositories. Oh. So 370. Okay. <laughs> right. There's a lot, basically. Yeah, there's a ton. And so the site is really helpful because you can filter them by 
name, license, language, um, when it was created, how long ago, how long ago it was updated, which is super important. <laughs> um, you can see their websites and the star count, which is probably the most useful filter of them all. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just list really quickly the top 15 static site generators by star count on GitHub. Um, so the first one is Jekyll with 23,000 stars. That is by wow. far um, the most popular. And then right after that is another Ruby-based static site generator called Octopress, and that comes in at 9,000. So there's a, quite a bit of a discrepancy there among those two. Um, then the third one is called Hexo, and this is the first JavaScript-based one that we see. In fourth place is Hugo, which is based on Go. How many stars? Um, that one's at 8,000 stars. Okay. So Hexo, Hugo, Octopress, the rest are pretty close. Um, dropping down a little bit at 5,000 stars is Pelican, which is written in Python. It's less than your CSS grams. No, that is one's it? that one's like three something. Is it really? I thought yeah. it was 5K. Never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Middleman's next. That's another Ruby-based one. That's at 4,900. Metalsmith is at 4,300. That's JavaScript. D-A-U-X.io. Ducks? D ducks. Is that Duck. is it? Or is it like do.io? Oh. Yeah. Maybe that's right. That one's PHP. <laughs> um, then there's Harp, which is the one that I'm currently using most. That's a node-based static site generator. There's Grav, which is PHP. Assemble, which is JavaScript. Docpad and Wintersmith are next, and they're pretty close. Uh, those are both CoffeeScript. Then there's this one called Cactus, which is Python. And then number 15 with 2,200 stars is Jekyll Now which says the language is CSS. So I was like, what does that even mean? Um, and I looked into it. I looked at the repo, I looked at the site, and it's basically something that allows for you to use Jekyll, but like start up really quickly Yeah. Um, for GitHub pages, which is what a lot of people are using. But um, yeah, y'all y'all are out of date. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it. I was looking at these repos because I was having a lot of trouble updating Jekyll to the next version and making sure all my dependencies still worked since I haven't worked in Ruby in so long. Right. Um, and so I was just curious about the other static site generators to see what, where they were, if they were all up to yeah. date. And not a single one that I looked at was up to date. Like. They're all still on Jekyll 2, which I was as well. When did Jekyll 3 get released? Uh, Jekyll 3 was released in uh, October, November, end of last year, 2015. Okay, so it's been a couple months. It's really new, right? Yeah. But there are people who are relying on these static site generators. Like It has 4,000 stars. People are using these things. And they're just they're out of date. They're not going to work now on GitHub Pages with this new update that oh, they... Oh, man. <laughs> so that's a fun thing. Um, what I'm sort of referencing is the GitHub Pages... Recent update. Yeah, the recent <laughs> update. So February 1st, which was a week ago, um, GitHub sort of announced that they're now running on the latest major version of Jekyll, which is Jekyll 3.0. Jekyll 3.1 is technically the latest, and that has breaking changes with some of the required dependencies of this blog post. Um, That's some bad use of Semver right there. Yeah. I don't know what is going on, but I know that I'm not the only person who had trouble with this update because I tweeted about it last night um, and a lot of people started like sharing their tips and tricks with me about, oh, I had this weird error and oh, I had this strange issue happen. Um, but basically, it's not just a version update. It's a version update plus required dependency usage. So. This blog post that GitHub put out basically said, 
Starting May 1st, 2016, GitHub Pages will only support Cramdown, Jekyll's default Markdown engine. So real quick, I actually don't know too much about Markdown engines. Uh, what's Cramdown? Okay, so Cramdown is, um, well, as I said, Jekyll's default okay. Markdown. It basically parses your code so that you can write in Markdown, and then it compiles that into HTML. Um, some of the syntax is a little bit different than the previous default Markdown engine on Jekyll, which was Red Carpet, because um, you have tildes instead of backticks. You can have GitHub style or GitHub flavored Markdown, which okay. is like the backticks in yeah. the name of your language. Yeah. Um, but that requires you to set options. Okay. And that's not really documented anywhere in this blog post. Mm. Like it's, the documentation is just so fragmented. Like the best advice I got and the right. best documentation I got was on Twitter when I was saying <laughs> this is a problem. Um, and then some options work for some people and not for other people. It depends on. I don't know. It's just an environment, and then probably. Cramdown version 1.9 doesn't work with 3.1 of Jekyll 3.1.1. But it works with 3.0. Uh, apparently, it works with 3.0.2. I don't know. Um, so that's fun because <laughs> if you just try to update your Jekyll, you'll come into these issues. And then on top of that, there is this other thing called a highlighter. So like syntax highlighting was used to be in pigments or right. you could use our discount. Yep. But now, according to the post, GitHub pages will only support Rogue or Rouge. Was it Rouge um, or Rogue? Uh, it's R-O-U-G-E. Rouge. Rouge. Oh, okay. man. Which makes That's sense. That's like the most it's misspelled like word. Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> So that's another thing to keep in mind. Um, it's just been interesting. Mm. And I'm worried about these dependencies breaking and yeah. just not interacting well. Because you also need to make sure your local environment matches. Yeah. Your, I, I think it's funny, too, for, because for a lot, a lot of us feds, we don't use Ruby anymore anywhere, right? right? And, so and I feel like I used to be good at this. I used to understand it. I, I was decent at understanding, like, the Ruby cycle and system. Right. And now I'm just like, what is going on here? I think I created and deleted my gemfile.lock about 10, yeah, 10 to 50 I've times last night. I actually removed almost everything about Ruby except for the Mac OS defaults for my computer just because I have no interaction with the Ruby system at all, at all anymore. Um, so that was actually an overriding reason for me not to use Jekyll anymore. Uh, was that I just didn't want yeah. to install RVM and set up all the stuff. My I blog is three years old, so... Uh, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I think I updated it maybe a year and a half or two years ago. Yeah. But now I just use Harp for most things. Right. And I feel like GitHub putting this out and saying, you must update to Jekyll 3.0 as well as update your highlighter and your markdown parser. Right. It's like expecting everyone's environments to be up to date, which is not the case. It's just it, never the case. It's like <laughs> in, in the Node community, for instance, right. most people are in 0.1.2. Yeah, I feel like there's been a good push to 4.0, but I know for us, for example, we're still on 0. 0.12, 0. 0.7. Most, we have a I, I think production app. Because we we're using over. ES6, yeah. we are on version 4 and up. Like, we're yeah. in version 5, et cetera, because if we're using ES6 in our node, we need right. that for it to work. Yeah. But that's making a big assumption that most oh, people... No, I mean, our production app is still in 0. 0.12, 0. 0.7. I think and, and most people's systems a, are. There's a concerted push to, like hey, we need to go to Node 4 because Node 4 has some great upgrades, but it's so hard to update every single dependency to the latest version. Right. It's not just updating Node. It's updating <laughs> Node and then reinstalling your dependencies, making sure that everything is linked properly. Right. If you have system things like SAS or SASLint, it's, right. it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, so I think All that's that to say. a comparison. <laughs> All that to say, uh, 
upgrading is hard, and Jekyll just had a big upgrade, and so they could have pages. Yeah. And the combination of the two. It is, was the combination. That's uh, that's definitely is troubling. Yeah. So, uh, but Harp, however, is what we use for Toolsday.io, for example. Yes. And it's wonderful. It's super easy to use. I really like Harp. Um, every site that I've created in the past year. I've built with Harp as really? the generator instead. Okay. Yeah. So I made two sites before the one for Tools Day. Okay. And that's where I was like testing out Harp. Yeah. And I like it a lot. Um, what I like most about it is I don't need to use Ruby. Mm. <laughs> but Wonderful. <laughs> it works a little different than Jekyll. There's a data.json file. So right. it uses that JSON as your variable information instead of the YAML um, top matter, which Jekyll uses. Right. Um, YAML is. I forgot what it stands for. Yet another um, markup language. language. Yeah. Is that, so that mm-hmm. sits at the top of every page, and um, there's a certain syntax that you use for that. Um, uh, it's the Ruby syntax, so yeah. you have yeah. um, no, no 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 commas. No, no punctuation, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, but then with Harp, it's just JSON. Right. And it reads the JSON, and then you can reference that JSON inside of your pages. Which is so convenient. Um, Honestly, the tools date site was my first experience with Harp, and it was such a pleasant experience. I was like, wow, this is really nice. I don't know why I would use anything else. Although, to be fair, I don't actually use... The one I use right now is is not Harp. It's Gitbook. But, uh, How is that? What is Gitbook? Uh, Gitbook more? is basically uh, designed to build documentation sites, and so um, there's already a theme for you. You just kind of give it a, like a summary, which is basically a table of contents, and then a glossary. And then um, you just feed it markdown files, and it generates this great-looking documentation site. Um, so you're not selling anything. I'm not selling anything. I'm just like, hey, here's my here's my content. Uh, please style this for me. Um, and there you go. Uh, I first saw it with the Redux documentation, actually. Uh, if you've seen that before, it's it's so pretty. It's I've actually <laughs> seen GitHub but in in a different context. Oh, really? Um, so I'm writing a book right now. Okay. And oh, wait, what's your book about? My book is, is it about... Secret? No, it's okay. not secret. Okay. It's just I'm I'm currently deciding if I want to self-publish or go with the publisher. So wow. I've been like, talking to a couple. Okay. It's about working with images in the browser. Okay. Um, and that's basically covering everything from how to make images performant. Because right. images are like, the largest yeah. bulk of data on the web. I, I love when people get complain about... JS dependencies and it's like wait yeah it's like twenty kilobytes exactly. versus your one megabyte image. I was just looking at the statistic. This is totally a tangent, um, but the average website today is like forty two hundred um, kilobytes. Kilobytes. Really? I thought and it was much higher than that actually. It's it might be megabytes. It's like okay, well, four point two. I mean, it could be four point two. Yeah, yeah, that makes. And images take up more than half of that. Yeah, which they have also grown exponentially right. since. I looked at the statistic and compared it to the last Olympic Games, it's doubled since then. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of those things that with now that you have high res displays, high res phones, you want to you know make sure you look, you deal with all these. I don't think it's the displays. screens. I think it's that we have better cameras that take higher resolution uh, like images too. too. Okay. So I think that has a lot to do with it. But um, it's everything from that to working with filtering and right. working with like editing the images in the browser like right. you would in a photo editing program, right. except doing it in a way that's interactive, in a way that's the future, right. what I think, of yeah. really front-end development and right. design. Um, so it's a technical book. <laughs> nice, nice. Anyway, I'm writing it in Markdown <laughs> because that's how I write everything. Yeah. That's how I write blog posts. I looked at Gitbook yeah. um, as a means to write it. Oh, yeah, they also have a web UI. I forgot. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was one of the options and sort of like my experience with Gitbook. So did you... Did you 
choose it? Do you not choose it? What no, you, you I'm doing? not. I, I, I don't know yet. I don't okay. think I'm going to go with it. All right. Um, there's like collaboration features I want. I also want to have the files sort of like locally on my system. I've just been yeah. using markdown files. Yeah. Um, also, it'll depend on if I do go with the publisher. Right. They might have a system that they want me uh, to okay. use. So hmm. it all just depends. <laughs> that was such a tangent. Yeah. I mean, for me, I actually don't make static sites too much anymore. Um, most of my things I make now are web apps, and so it's a little bit different context. And the ones I do make are documentation sites. So Gitbook was my favorite one recently. I used to use something called MakeDocs, M-K-D-O-C-S, which was a Python-based thing, uh, but similar thing where you would just feed yeah. it uh, Markdown. It would just spit out something for you. Um, really, the overriding thing I've, I'm seeing here is that I love Markdown, and whatever helps me get my Markdown to yes. uh, anybody else is I what I'll use. I love Markdown. I write all my notes in Markdown. Um, I have... It's just so much easier. It's faster. Right. Um, and it's prettier, right? The output is just so nice and consumable that yeah. why not use I it? I actually really hate like GUIs for text editing now, even in emails. <laughs> like, <just> why? <laughs> I uh, wrote like everything marked down yeah. in my life. Um, yeah. But uh, a note on Harp, if you're using Harp, there's a really awesome um, tool called Surge. Right. It's surge.sh, which allows you to publish your Harp sites just in your command line. So it kind of is, I'm not saying it's equivalent to GH Pages, but it provides you with yeah, um, a quick static. Yeah, a quick static build, throw yeah. it up. There's web space there. Um, they have a CDN. It's pretty fast. It's nice. Surge.what? Surge.sh. Oh, yeah, you posted up your um, travel photos at one point on this, didn't you? Something? Yeah. Yeah. So that's an option. And Another thing about GitHub Pages is you can always serve the static sites. Right. So if you're having trouble with, like, say, this Jekyll update and <laughs> you want to continue using version 2, yeah. um, what you could do is just serve the output site right. instead of serving your uh, source files. Okay. Um, that was really the advantage of using Jekyll on GitHub Pages is right. that you could use your source files and right. throw them up there. Um, but, like... What I was also running into is I'm using a gulp task. Right. I'm using Browser Sync with Jekyll to load and reload the site. Right. So that could ha be another, um, yeah, process. another hiccup in the process. So like I think that's probably out of date. It's right. probably on version two five and not version three, which is another thing to to no. cause error. Um, and the best is when there's no error messages. It just isn't. <laughs> just doesn't work. Uh, so real. using. Probably hard now. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick about GH Pages, if you're trying to push GH Pages from a built directory, uh, there's this great module called GH Pages. It's an NPM module, and you just say, hey, uh, it gives you a command line interface, and you point it towards directory, and then it just pushes up um, that to your GitHub account, or Git account, Git repo. Yeah. Uh, so if you're using one of these generators that doesn't natively integrate into GH Pages like Jekyll does, um, so using Harp, for example, uh, you can just say GH Pages, the Harp build directory, and boom, it's up on GitHub. And the best part of that, by far, is um, it does this thing where it takes just one of your folders. So right, exactly, you, yep. You say, like, this is my output folder. Yep. And doing that manually is kind of tricky. Yeah, you have, you have this Git subtree thing. Yeah. It's, like, uh, it's, just, it's just like 10 minutes of thought that you don't need to do. Right, so it's like basically. an automatic subtree pull into <laughs> right. your GH Pages um, branch. You can set it up as a gulp task. Right. And then just say gulp deploy. Boom. Done. Love it. So 
that's why I'm not super worried about this Jekyll thing, just because yeah. I'm just going to ignore the problem. Right. <laughs> so, Continue using Jekyll 253. <laughs> so just to come to a conclusion, you'd say from now on you're using Harp for everything? I would say that as of right now, I'm using right. Harp. I would say that I'm probably using node-based static site generators from now on. Okay. Um, until the next hot thing comes along that makes life easier. Um, but Elm based. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <or> <laughs> um, yeah, right, Elm. That's right. <laughs> so that's where I currently am. I can't say forever. Oh, another thing to note is that the templating engines are Ooh, different. Yeah. So, like in Harp, there's EJS. Right. That's well, you can use whatever you want, but right. it, it comes by default. default. It's EJS and Jade, I think. Yeah, and then um, it's Liquid in Jekyll, which is how I learned Liquid. Liquid is created by Shopify. I feel like I was using Jade and Jekyll. Maybe not. You could be. Okay. I think Liquid is default. Okay. Um, but I really like the Liquid documentation. I think Shopify did a great job with that. So that was another reason why I was like so gung ho about Jekyll, because um, I really liked Liquid. Right. <laughs> I mean, I love Dust. That's why I use a lot of things for Dust now. Yeah, I like Dust uh, too. But isn't Dust outdated? No, uh, LinkedIn supports Dust now and keeps it updated. So, okay. Because last time I you know, brought up that I was. Like, I like Dust or, like, using it. Somebody said, isn't that, like, yeah. four years no, out of date? It, it got it got, um, yeah, it got taken over by, by LinkedIn. The old version was deprecated and, and abandoned, but LinkedIn took it over. And I think PayPal also uses it in their um, Kraken model. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. Um, what about Swig? I, I think that Swig. I use that here for I sure. Like I use Swig once. I feel like once I found Dust, I was like, this is so convenient. It's just like HTML plus handlebars. Yeah, I like uh, Dust. I mean, I think that's my go-to now. Yeah. That or EJS. Yeah. But I didn't like EJS till recently. I like Dust a lot more. <laughs> yeah. We have, a, we have a coworker here who's really into EJS. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we, we learned our ways. Um, <laughs> but, okay, great. Static site generators. Yeah, there's there are a lot. I don't really know much about the other ones. I know some people swear by middleman, um, which is another Ruby one. It just feels to me that more people are moving away from Ruby in general. Um, another site, this one um, Chris showed me also before we started, it's just staticgen.com. Yep. It has a little bit of a nicer interface there. Um, I kind of like the first one I shared more because you could see more and um, sort of sort Data. them. Yeah. yeah. It, it's more... <laughs> data yeah. but this is interesting I know like Octopress is pretty popular Brunch.io I've heard of that I've heard of Pelican I've heard of these yeah um, I haven't heard of half of them so you know what would uh, be cool I want to hear what our viewers use tell us about what you use our listeners I guess <laughs> or your experience your favorite static site generators I'm curious at Tools Day. Yeah, at Tools Day. Um, maybe I will try out something other than Harp and like it even more. Probably not. Going back to Ruby. Um, I don't really know Go. I don't use PHP anymore. That, that to me, is like so tied Dead. with WordPress. <laughs> hey, man, I love WordPress. But anyways. Uh... Yeah, but let us know what you use, and thanks for listening this week.